1: He shall never know I love him, and that not because he's handsome, but because he's more myself than I am. Whatever our souls are made out of, his and mine are the same. Oh, hello there. <laughs> this is Bradley Martin. I was just, uh, you know, catching up on some classical literature. You may have heard of *A uh, Wuthering Heights by Emily Bronte. If you haven't, Me and some lovely people are going to review a movie called Emily, which is about Emily Bronte and not necessarily how she came to write Wuthering Heights, but how her adolescence, her relationship with friends and family shaped her poetic words into one of the most timeless stories of romance and I would even say macabre of all time.
2: Probably more so the latter.
1: With me to talk about this, someone who I believe who's actually read *Wuthering Heights*. Melina is with us.
2: I have read it, and uh, yeah, <laughs> um, I still can't believe <laughs> Lars von Trier has not adapted it.
0: Yeah, right.
1: Well, someone who knows who Lars von Trier who who that is is with us as well. Frank is with us.
0: I know who Lars von Trier is. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fact. But uh, I'm more of i uh, I'm more of a Jane Eyre guy.
1: And, of course, someone who, I believe, recommended this movie to us. I could be wrong. I just remember seeing Rose jump on Emily and be like, well, we got to all jump on Emily and review this film, guys. Rose is with us.
3: Hi. I'm glad to know I'm such a trendsetter.
2: (laughs) And after watching this movie, I'm like, who didn't jump on Emily? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, I just like I I saw (laughs) Rose Rose by herself and I I actually caught the trailer for this. Um, It was attached to uh, my boyfriend and I went to a a brunch screening of Bridesmaids at the um, Elmo Draft House. And of course, because, you know, demographics are what they are. They went ahead and attached the Emily trailer at the beginning of this at the beginning of that movie. And I was like, oh, yeah, I I would watch that. And then. Loan behold, I was like, Oh, I'll jump on that with Rose and Melina and Bradley. and hey. you know, these people.
1: Now we have Emma Mackey playing Emily Bronte, and she's about to go off to school with her sister Charlotte. But Charlotte lets her know maybe get a little bit of an attitude adjustment, maybe mellow out because you know what they call you in town the strange one. And this apparently in in those times, which was, what, like 1812, 1827, something like that?
2: 1840s, yeah. It was
0: a compliment.
1: Yeah, a solid burn back then, so.
2: (laughs) Good afternoon. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) It was was a tar and feathering in the day.
1: (laughs) Indeed. So she has to decide whether to adjust her attitude or kind of listen to her other sibling. Her other sibling, her brother. Uh, he had a fun name. Branwell. Name. Branwell. <laughs> Branwell, her brother. He's like, no, don't mellow out. They'll drown your voice. And this is a performance by Fionn Whitehead. So he says, don't, don't let them chain and tie up your beautiful dark. But magnificent voice, Emily, do opium with me and be free. So she's between a rock and a hard place. And the film, I think, does a pretty good job at getting her to realize that the person she wants to be is going to be a person of her own making. Now, she also has the um, William Waitman in her life that's played by Oliver Jackson Cohen. I forget what his job is. He's like a parish a or some curate. sort of... curate, I think they yeah. said. A curate. It's like a, Thank a you.
3: priest, but not
2: really. Yeah, assistant to, to a pastor. Yeah, I
0: think he's like... Uh, if- It's almost like a junior... It's almost like a junior pharmacist. Like, it's not like... (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he
1: works for her dad, so he's kind of involved with the family. And one day, he reads some of her dark and evil poetry, and it gives him a shame boner. But (laughs) instead of closing him off, closing himself off from her completely, he wants to kind of get to know her better. Maybe save her soul, or maybe allow his own soul to have a bit of that apple of eve as they would call it in his profession and things play out how they play out how did y'all think about this i suppose biopic this speculative fiction this very nice lovely tale of emily what would you would y'all you think
0: it took a while for me to uh to to really dive into this i think there is one scene fairly early on that made me like this like stand up and that was the scene with when with the mask. Oh yeah. Um which I just thought was so powerful. Yeah. And so uh it's so it's it's so brilliant. I thought okay I I'm I'm not watching like a a period costume drama. I'm watching like a a, a truly gothic tale. And um and even though we don't get anything beyond that that scene that that's that's remotely like that. I think it, it, it had that very gothic feeling all the way through it has had a very realist feel to it that you just you just couldn't help but connect with which which i which i really appreciate you know this is written and directed by francis o'connor the actress um who i've been a fan fan of since uh ai and um and you you can tell you, you can tell that uh that this has a, an actor director feel to it um it's so personal intimate and. Um, it was, it was very beautiful but in a very like gothic realist way
2: which i think serves as a very uh, very solid mirror to not only wuthering heights but the writing style that uh emily bronte became known for due to the novel i do love the i do love that the attention i love the attention that this film pays to the scenery where they make the moors look like absolute heaven which is very much how she saw them you know she was definitely a child of nature she was definitely what by today's standards we would label an introvert as an introverted human Mm -hmm. being lives very much in her imagination definitely seeks her solitude she even says at one point to her sister after she comes back from one of her stints as a governess i don't understand how you're able to make friends outside of the family I think everything that this film does in exploring the personal character of Emily Bronte really is quite solid, and that has a lot to do with Francis uh, O'Connor's writing and directing, but also Emma, uh, Emma Mackey's performance. I would say, though, that everything else, especially from the romance through the third act, is kind of made me start losing interest.
0: Really? See, I only gained interest more and more. Um, I just uh I, I was pulled into I was pulled into the romance and I and I'm not I'm not someone I'll, I'll cry at the drop of a hat and listen, I cry in poltergeist. Okay. <laughs> like I I, I, I nothing ro- in terms of romance ever makes me shed, shed a tear. I shed a tear. I shed a couple of tears mm-hmm. in, in this one. Um, especially with that sort of like um almost Romeo and Juliet sort of um you know Crossing ships and the, the the sort of like doomed nature uh of their romance um and you know, i I really bled for them uh a, a lot I wept for them I, I truly did um and I was not expecting that too um and i i got it reminded me if anyone's ever seen the heiress um with uh uh Olivia de Haviland from oh yeah no no, you're talking
3: about once long yeah. ago, yeah.
0: Yeah, but had that when the romance turns so much of the camera is placed in his face um with his regret and his sort of like remorse and, and longing and uh and her actions toward him. Uh yeah, I I, w- I was transfixed by the camera movements and by the character um actions during the entire time. Yeah no i i i i don't get this much into love stories um emotionally uh but but i was i mean i it was it was undeniable for me like i i i was i was there the whole time i was weeping okay
1: now uh, rose did you feel the love <laughs> between I,
3: I really did well their their first kind of little moment together in in the what was that the the old barn or whatever the the thing they kept coming back to to boink in. <laughs> uh I I thought that was really well done. Like I that that made me kind of prick up my ears and start to pay a little bit more attention and I thought the chemistry between the two was really good um and that lovely montage showing them just repeatedly going at it but then also being both of them being happier in their day-to-day lives than they had been previously
0: practicing French during it. Mhm. At the same, time.
3: <laughs> um, the only thing that kind of, kind of threw me for a loop was when it, it dissolved and it, it goes bad. Um, I thought that happened just to maybe a little bit too quickly, but yeah. By that point, the movie was had been going on for almost its entire two-hour runtime, and I guess they had to you know wrap things up.
0: Yeah, something's got to happen.
1: <laughs> I did think the wrap-up was very qu- abrupt. Right. Like the whole wrap-up was. Very abrupt. Oh. I know that people in those times didn't live that long, <laughs> but one day we're we're seeing her being like, "I've decided to finish my book," and then the next scene she's like, "Here it is, all done." Yeah, I thought, well, that that was pretty fast.
0: That, but but also that wasn't like I mean this isn't a story about how Wuthering Heights was written. Mm-hmm. You know, you know we're not, we're not meant to. I mean, if we're just watching her write Wuthering Heights, that's. Not a very cinematic. Well, experience. I, I think what happened
3: <laughs> is uh, the writers looked at what they had already put to paper, and they looked at her Wikipedia page, and was like, "Oh shit!" Right. <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, her timeline is her timeline is vastly approaching its end, which is it's like three paragraphs. Yeah. Yeah, she not came, a
0: spoiler. Yeah, she she died at yeah 30, she died she? at thirty before she,
2: she ever 30. read a single good review of Wuthering Heights, which should tell you something.
1: They believe. That she died no. of a poisoned water from the uh, the water being contaminated by the cemetery next yeah, door.
0: Wow. Yeah, so, but isn't that also her though? Wouldn't that also like be very Emily Bronte to not like read her own reviews? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like I just there right certainly
2: were mind. not a lot of great reviews coming her way because a lot of people had the same initial response as we see Charlotte, her elder sister does, which is, this is an incredibly ugly book. Some people were calling it depraved, they were calling it immoral. And I think that watching the way that she operates in a world where just being a woman as part of the landed gentry, and the fact that she has such social struggles, you see that the options to her are not, there's not many and if you have her particular neuroses, it's only going to be more difficult. And so her having this iconoclast look at society around her, it was very easy to see exactly why she held to that as as, as strongly as she did and why her novel, in a lot of ways, would have been something that the general society, like the Victorian society, would have frowned upon.
0: Yeah, and, but yet also... She was praised mm-hmm. eventually by her, by uh, yeah, by her family. Like, oh, look at look at you, you, you. <laughs> my daughter got a novel. Oh, the weirdo <laughs> actually
3: did some <something> cool. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs>
0: but I, 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 I love the um. Well, well I don't know if love is the right word. I find really interesting the relationship between her and Charlotte, particularly in the in the third act, as, as it as it sort of grew. And I know it was a very very compromised relationship. But I think by the end, um, I, I'd sort of like switched focus from uh, the romance uh, between her and William in, into uh, this sort of like um, understanding and uh, this bond between her and Charlotte that, uh, you know, neither one was, you know, they were each their own women and very different women. But I loved this sort of understanding between the two of them, and uh, what I feel was genuine affection between the two of them. I uh, uh, I found myself being surprisingly overtaken by that toward the end.
2: I would agree. I think that's actually one of my favorite. I think that is probably my favorite relationship that is explored in this film. I th- there's three main relationships that they go into: that of her and her brother Branwell, that of her romance with, um, um what's his also face, her the brother. hot priest um and then well yeah william. romance uh yeah william right romance question mark one. perhaps uh and that of her and her sister charlotte and i think that yeah ironically of all of them the one that gets the least the least amount of screen time but i think is the best really explored of them is the sisterly relationship i actually saw one review that said that just flat out cast uh, Charlotte as the villain of the film And I really couldn't agree I thought that they were smart In how complex they played that Charlotte is definitely the elder sister She is bound by different sensibilities And responsibilities Than her younger sister And in a lot of ways She has she does try to tamp down Her sister's eccentricities Definitely tries to sort of She's basically trying to grab her by the scruff of the neck And be like, get your shit together but it's coming from a place of love. It's coming from a place of trying to protect her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you know what? Our audience is ready to hear our final thoughts.
0: <laughs> like God love a segue. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Rose, would you please start?
0: Yeah.
3: Um. This one, I it was a little slow for me in the very beginning. I thought, oh, no, the, the trailers made this look a lot more compelling. Is it the first, I don't know, 15 minutes or so that it. Took me a while to watch for multiple reasons, um, but yeah, once once again into it, and especially the mask scene. That's when I was like, "Oh, okay, this is actually pretty awesome." Uh, it's it's beautifully shot. It's extraordinarily well acted across the board, and I, I I sat there the entire time staring at Emma Mackey. Is that right?
2: Yes,
1: that's right. Yeah,
3: I, I just sat there staring at her the whole time. Just gone, where have I seen her before? And nowhere. She's, she's brand new, and if she's this good starting out of the gate, I cannot wait to see what she does next. Um, I would give this... I, I would say this is probably not going to be everybody's cup of tea, pardon the pun. Um, But if you like this kind of movie, you're definitely going to love this one. This is one of the better ones of this kind of thing that I've seen in a while, and I am going to give it... Eight out of ten uh, French lessons in the old barn.
2: (laughs) All français. Saucy,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Frank. Your final thoughts, please.
0: This is not an easy role to take on and to pull off, to carry and sustain all the way through. And she did. Um, It it was no, it it was fantastic. She was fantastic. Aubrey Dustin Cohn was fantastic. Finn Whitehead um, was. Likewise really great. I the performances across the board are spectacular. I love the way this was shot. You know, period pieces, they can this could have been like shot like Bridgerton or something. And um it, it's shot in a very realistic, very gothic way. It's got the um very interesting camera moves that that shaky cam, but not that annoying shaky cam, which kind of can get to you after a while. Yeah, no Paul Greengrass um, cam. It's yeah. no 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 paul, no paul greengrass no uh none of that nonsense. thank god uh yeah uh, it uh it, it pulls you in you know the love story pulls you in the relationships pull you in and you can't you just can't help but be swept away with that by it um you know i was in tears i literally i never i don't cry at love stories oh my goodness um but i cried at this one I I did, and uh, one thing that I really loved about this, from a character point of view, that I didn't notice, and I know that, the, that this has to be like a Francis O'Connor thing. This it, this is an actor director thing. Every every time someone looked at Emily, they weren't really looking at her because when we see her, when the camera sees her, she's got a look on. She's got look on her face that's usually not what uh, the rest of the room has. If that makes if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So when like for example when when everyone's cheering her for how well how for her for her success of being published, she's got this look of uh, of despair and uncertainty, and nobody sees that. Nobody really sees her, and that's it plays that way every single scene for the most part, except with her and William. I think William um, was one of the few people who actually did see her like literally see and I loved I loved what Frances O'Connor did when whenever she put the camera on on Emily um that's something that I was very very struck by so um I got to give this 9 out of 10 hugs you give somebody uh, through sheets that are hanging in the wind that smell like lavender because um, that's such a sad and poetic and beautiful way to say goodbye to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I just I was just so taken by that. I, I, sorry, there's no shit. <laughs> I really thought that was such a beautiful scene. <laughs> All right.
1: Melina. Well,
2: we've talked a bit about the mask scene, and I think that, that is, that's early on. Uh, in the film, and I like you guys, absolutely loved that and for me that 's where this film hit its peak uh just in in terms of atmosphere, just how unsettling and kind of just squeamish it leaves you feeling uh but after that, I was very compelled with how they were exploring the relationship of Emily and her brother Branwell, who it's, you know, anybody who knows Wuthering Heights, you're going to see very clearly the parallels between him and the character that would become Heathcliff. Um, but I thought that the problems the problem presented itself for me in that I was so interested in that, it feels like the movie just kind of ends up dropping that because it's like, oh, that's right, we forgot, we have to put the romance in here. And the romance, I think despite the undeniable physical chemistry between emma Mackey and uh oliver jackson cohen there was never a point where i even i never felt like the romance built itself in a way that was organic at all and that that un, that that uh, montage that we've talked about which is undeniably very very sexy i kind of feel like that's all there was to this romance you know every conversation that they have is either kind of intermingled between the two of them you know going full at it, like Rose was saying, to where you can't even hear them, it's just implied that they're speaking to each other. And then I, I was like, I feel like in order for this romance to really get me, I feel like I need more than just that. You know, I need more scenes of the two of them talking because it's established early on, her problem really, Emily, is that she does not know how to interact with people outside of her family. She is, you know, she is almost debilitatingly shy so the idea that this romance would come into her life and it was as inspirational to her and it was so, as significant to her as it was, I was like, I really need to believe why this guy is able to break through her barriers unlike everyone else. And I feel like it never did that. And it ends in such a way that we've talked about where it feels like it just kind of tapers off and then it's just the movie kind of counting down until it has to get to its end. Um, but I will say, yeah, Emma Mackey, who I saw for the first time in Sex Education, and she was fantastic there, is great here, and yeah, I'm really excited to see what she does next. She is she just won the BAFTA Rising Star Award, and she absolutely deserves to be or deserve mm-hmm. to win. She's fantastic. And Frances O'Connor for her directorial debut, I think it is a very polished work. So I'm gonna give this. I'm gonna give this seven out of ten. Walks on the moor.
1: I thought this was very sexy between Emma Mackey and her co-star there, uh, Oliver Jackson Cohen. Did I feel the...
0: Did you have a couple... Whoa.
1: Yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Deep, transcending love that would last throughout time like Tristan and his old. No, not at all. When, <laughs> d- during During the scene where you were probably weeping, I was checking my watch. Um, Oh, Jesus. This film did such a good job at kind of making me feel like a fraud because I know how Emily's life turns out because I know basic literary authors and what you should know about them at book clubs. Like I can stroll into a book club and say, Oh, Heathcliff and Catherine, though the pain of this story hurts me so. The mark of that scar will stay with me and beat you know true romance now, Bradley, for you know their story. And someone will say, "Oh, you've read Worthington Heights?" And I, I have to admit, no, no, I haven't. Wuthering. But, Wuthering. Yeah Withering Wither- Heights? what's Wuthering. it called?: w- I don't know Wuthering it. You. I, <laughs> Wuther- Worthington <with> you. Heights: <laughs> I haven't read Richardson it. Heights. I'm clearly a fraud. And and this, this book's calling me out on that, you know. And this film is calling me out. Like, you're a fraud. You just want to sound smart at a book club. How despicable of <laughs> you. But that mask scene, the mask scene, I will say, that had me with tissues as well. Because I also kind of grew up in a family when pain happened, you didn't feel that pain. Mm-hmm. You didn't share that pain. And you certainly didn't process it with your siblings. You said, God is good. And then moved on with your life. So... That was a very powerful scene for me to see. On that alone, I absolutely recommend everybody watch this. And I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Whose dead face is this? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, how do you pronounce that again? What, wuthering Heights?
0: Wuthering.
1: Weathering.
0: Yeah. W- no, that's weathering. This is <laughs> you got to say it
2: with that. <laughs> Bradley, I'm not. Doing you got to say it with, with that and I'm I'm all doing doing with that, and all that English brogue. <laughs> Like you're from Liverpool. Yes, dude. Dorian Heights. <laughs> <laughs>